Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker Friendless, a subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, you can read me on Bleacher Report, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher, and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buecher. You can also catch me on Radio.com, on the Scal and Pals show, and on Terrestrial Radio at any or on any intercom channel around the country. All right. I'm recording this from my hotel near the uh, LAX Los Angeles International Airport. And just so those listeners who are like the guy sitting next to me on my cross-country flight the other day, who upon recognizing me said, oh, I figured you'd be flying on a charter. Uh, Look, I do on occasion travel fairly luxuriously, but more often than not, my travel plans are based on convenience more than accommodation. Case in point, my current hotel. It's by the airport with what appears to be some kind of dog pound to the west. A uh, few mornings, you can hear the dogs, a lot of dogs, barking. Uh, and I've stayed here enough times now that I knew to ask this time for a room on the other side of the building. Now, there are plenty of better places I could be staying uh, and I could justify staying in while I'm in L.A., but the reason I stay here is because it is minutes from the Lakers practice facility. It's a short Uber ride to the Clippers practice facility, and it's about less than 30 minutes to the Fox Studios. A little bit of a hike to get downtown, but if I go early enough, not that bad, and gives me quicker access to every place else. So uh, this hotel also has a couple of Peloton bikes in the gym and an espresso machine in the lounge that is available 24 hours. And if I'm perfectly honest... Those things are as important as anything else. You guarantee me a way to make an Americano whenever I want and a solid workout and enough proximity to where I need to be that I don't have to plan my entire day around getting places, I'm sold. I'm yours. I'm staying there. So uh, I'm recording this after going to Staples Center to see the Clippers squeak past the Thunder 
thanks largely to a clutch three-pointer by Paul George. I'm going to be seeing the uh, Thunder once again against the Lakers 24 hours from now. So uh, down here for a couple of days in L.A. Uh, also had a chance to uh, just kind of hang around the clips, working on a number of stories. But uh, if anybody who's listened to the podcast or seen me on FS1, I've been pretty pro-Clipper. And uh, it, it I still find it amusing. Lakers fans are maybe some of the most delusional fans in, I don't know, in, in sports. Uh, need I remind you guys, your team has not gone to the playoffs for six years. And yes, you do have LeBron James. You do have Anthony Davis. You do have a team that certainly is going to be in the playoffs this year. But just because I might be pro Clippers, and I might say that the Clippers are better than the Lakers, and they are, uh, current standings aside, you don't have to take it so personally. Now, I know that with the Clippers-Lakers thing, it is taken personally, but you don't have to. You don't have to buy into the the the, the normal narrative. Uh, so, anyway, um, this is actually, it's not a mea culpa. But I do have some reasons to be a little bit concerned about my gung-ho-ness, if you will, about the, about the Clippers. By the way, um, the Clippers won tonight. Paul George be, doing the heroics. Uh, Montrose Harrell was fantastic. Uh, the Clippers were once again without Kawhi Leonard, who was, surprisingly, in the locker room afterward, <laughs> sitting there in a... Um, uh, hoodie uh, that said "Fun Guy" on the uh, on the front. It's a New Balance hoodie, and uh, what made it funny is it said "Fun Guy," and he had his usual morose look on his face. Uh, hung out for a while. I'm not sure exactly why. I, I overheard him say to somebody, "It's because he had to." Um, I'm not sure what's behind that. I may find out in the next couple days. But in any event, didn't actually talk to anybody. Uh, in the media, but he was there for a certain period of time. This is why I'm worried, is because, and I noticed this, the first couple games out, Warriors, Lakers, they were just blowing people away. Offensively, defensively, all without Paul George, but they were locked in. And then, after about a week, week and a half, it was as if they had proved their point. And... And they started just half-assing it, to be honest with you. And I thought, you know, basically what they were doing is they they were playing as if they knew they were the best team in the league, but not playing like the best team in the league. And some of that is natural and understandable, especially for a team and a franchise like the Clippers that is, this is rarefied air for them. They've never been the hunted or, the most highly lauded, the lauded. They haven't been the the favorite to to win it all. And there's, I'm not alone in this. Uh, I think there's a. It's, I'm, I'm often a man on an island, or um, my my friend Howard Beck at, at Bleacher Report likes to say I'm a contrarian. I really don't think I'm a contrarian. I just I don't. I'm not swayed by popular opinion. Uh, if if what I see doesn't match up with uh, what I believe. So I'm going to tell you what I believe, and if it 
that's different than everybody else, I'm okay with that. Uh, so I'm not alone in favoring the Clippers. Uh, but I also know that, you know, this is new territory for them. And it's still very early in the season. But bad habits creep in. And when you've never been the hunted and you've never been a team that has to live up to expectations, there, there's, there is a learning curve in that very thing, in handling that, in handling uh, people uh, being excited about how good you can be. It doesn't guarantee you anything. You know, me or anybody else saying that they're great doesn't mean that they're going to be. And the Lakers, on the other hand, you know, it gives them some cover. They're, they are vets who are just going to, LeBron knows this is a marathon. He's going to have them building. And I would think that Kawhi would too, especially if he's more of a communicator uh, behind the scenes than appears to be the case uh, out in public or in front of the cameras, at, at least is what I've been told. Uh, then, then they will get there. But here's the other part too that is a little bit scary is that Kawhi, from what I was told tonight, is in charge. In charge as in he decides when he's going to play um, and everybody in the franchise is tiptoeing around him because they're well aware that he's only signed through next season. And they're apparently terrified he might go elsewhere. Now, that in itself seems a little bit crazy. After all, he he orchestrated his way to get to the Clippers. Uh, where's he going? The Lakers? He could have done that last summer. That's what he wanted. Clearly, he wanted to be on the Clippers. Uh, is, is he going anyplace else? Back to Toronto? The Warriors? I'm sure the Warriors would like their fans and and anybody else that's, well, their fans essentially, the same way that I already hear Warriors fans thinking they're going to get Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're not getting Giannis Antetokounmpo, okay? Let me be the first to say that. And for one of the other things that I do is, is media training, and I always tell uh, the people that I work with, my clients, that uh, not to pay attention to those uh, the voices out there. You know, take a good look at, if you got one or two people chirping at you, um, you know, and you've got thousands and thousands of followers, there's it's silly to get worked up about, you know, the one or two voices, no matter what they say. But I and I'm but I I know how hard that can be, because I've had some chirp at me that I'm anti-warrior. I'm not anti-warrior. I'm just. I'm just honest. I mean, I've got, I have a long, long history with the Warriors. And uh, some of it great, most of it great, vast majority of it great. And there are times where I've touted them as the best team. They're, they're the team who's going to win. Uh, they're going to win the championship. Or this is how good they are. But I've also been uh, brutally honest when – Living in the Bay Area, people, you know, wanted to get hyped about them, and I told them to slow their roll. And I've been been pretty damn accurate on exactly what they are and 
what they've been. So I make no I make no apologies, but this idea that I'm anti-warrior, I'm not I'm not anti anybody. I'm not I. This is, my son asked me the other day. He said, "Or no, my daughter. My daughter asked me who my favorite team was or who I rooted for." And I said, "You know, I, I really don't root for teams. I root for people. There are." various people in the league, whether they're GMs or coaches or players, uh, I, I want to see do well um, because I think they're about the right things and uh, it's human nature. You want to see good people have good things happen to them uh, or people that do the right things. You want to see them rewarded for doing that. So uh, I was talking about the, the Clippers and bad habits creeping in and you would think that maybe a 90 to 88 win would suggest that they got back on their defensive horse, but uh, it felt just watching the game tonight as if the Thunder missed a lot of shots they should have, could have made. Uh, certainly the Clippers flexed their their defensive capabilities at various times, but it wasn't, I mean, what they did against the Lakers was far more impressive. You know, they just, they tightened the noose. As the game went on, it made the game harder and harder and harder. And Anthony Davis and LeBron in particular had to work for every shot that they got. And you could just see it taking its toll. I didn't get that. I didn't get that feeling tonight. All right. So maybe the the biggest concern I have is simply that Kawhi is running the ship. And maybe that shouldn't be a concern because he ran the he, he, from all intents and purposes, that's how things went in Toronto and they ended up winning a championship. But, uh, and maybe the Clippers, you know, I mean, maybe they've forgotten that he orchestrated his way to them or maybe that's it. They weren't really in charge of making it happen. So they're fully aware that Kawhi is going to do what's best for Kawhi. And keep in mind, the hiccup with the health of his knee that just cost the team a fine from the league, maybe that has them nervous because they've already committed a faux pas similar to what the Spurs did in San Antonio, uh, which is the place he extricated himself from because he didn't trust the team doctors and felt the team made him look like a malingerer. Kind of what happened in the mix-up with Doc Rivers coming out and saying he wasn't really hurt and the league saying... Well, this is the report we got, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, look, the ease with which Paul George is scoring right now, the potential of a defense spearheaded by PG, Kawhi, and Patrick Beverly is something I I, I want to see. I think they could be scary good. Uh, although, I must say, too, Russ Westbrook is on to something when he suggested that Beverly has fooled at least some of the media into touting him as a great defender. I think he's a good defender. Uh, what he's more of, he's an irritant. Plays relentlessly hard. But there are some histrionics that cover up some gambling tendencies. And his acts of irritation backfire on him. Sometimes at inopportune moments when being an irritant wasn't worth the risk of it going the other way in that particular situation. There's... There's some fire in his game, but there's also a lot of smoke that makes it look like it's a a more lethal fire. All that said, I'm not sure that there's a way to rein in Pat Bev because I was in the locker room before the game and saw him studying pregame film on an iPad 
and he was wearing headphones. And he was randomly shouting at the screen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you had Tourette's. <laughs> Talk to somebody, and that's a that's a regular thing for him. So he is great, great interview, great guy to talk to, uh, great story. Uh, but as with many things, you know, the guy, the guys that are a little over the top in the way they act um, can sometimes lead people into making them out to be more than they actually are, and then vice versa. The guys who are a little more sedate and subdued. They don't get quite the same attention. All right. So I know most of you joined me to hear my reports and insight on basketball and the NBA. But I have to address the recent events with Colin Kaepernick. In part, it's because we've talked about him a lot recently on FS1. And there's rarely enough time on TV to address a subject thoroughly. It's also in part because I spent three years on my Sirius XM radio show, largely defending him, much to both aggravation and applause from my listeners. This was a certainty. Anytime he became a topic, the phone lines were lit with callers who wanted to weigh in. And it usually got pretty, uh, pretty hot. I defended him because I believed in his cause because it bothered me that I felt like people were hijacking or finding ways to divert attention from what his original message was or his original, his original mission, which was to draw, bring attention to police brutality, social injustice, equal rights. Uh, it was, was good. We can't talk enough about that in this country. We can't spend enough time paying enough attention to that because things aren't equal. There's a lot. There's, we got some issues. And I thought it was, I had no problem with him bringing attention to it. And especially because I feel as if, um, I feel as if he, and more so today than ever, uh, I feel like he forced gumped his way into being the militant figure that we see him as. Uh, from the start, I just, I don't think he really planned for this, which is why I look past his flaws and his missteps and his lack of what seemed to me maturity at times. Uh, I was willing to look back past that because the cause was good. That's where I wanted to keep the focus because so many people were wanted to focus on him as a quarterback or what are his motives or any of that. And I was like, why, why do we... Who cares? Who cares? And and by the way, like originally, he wasn't kneeling. He was sitting on the bench. And it just so happened that the cameras caught him. He, he didn't bring that attention to himself. The media did. And it, and it happened 
almost organically in a almost a casual happenstance way in that he was first asked about asked by the media uh the 49ers media hey um cameras caught you sitting on the bench during the national anthem what was what's up with that and it was look uh, david west of the warriors i can tell you there's a number of other athletes i've seen who in their own way protest the national anthem do do something that says you know what that that song and what it it uh, describes is not the country and not the experience i've had so i'm not down with it i'm not going to make a scene not going to cause a ruckus but doesn't sit well with me because it's not honest. It's not honest based on the experience that I've had in this country. That's what the athletes who have had their quiet protest. And again, that's their experience. That's their right. I, this is what bothers me too. People that take exception to that. Oh, you can't, you can't do that. It's the flag. It's the, it's the national anthem. It's like, hey, your experience is your experience. If the national anthem doesn't describe the life you're living, then I think it's actually honorable that you would have the, the courage to say, hey, that's not, what's, that's not what my deal's been. Uh, to me, that's the only way things get better, or we open it up, find out why not. So anyway, I feel as if, uh, I mean, that's to me... Um, he didn't talk about it until the cameras caught him. He was asked about it. And I just, from the beginning, I just felt like, I don't know that he ever had a plan. Uh, those who say he did it, you know, because he wanted to keep himself re- relevant because uh, his career was tailing off, are misremembering. He opted out of a deal he could have he stayed in. He made himself a free agent, ultimately a free agent that was never signed again. He didn't have to do that. And he was coming off a season in which his touchdown uh, interception ratio was was solid. In fact, it was impressive. He had made it back from the series of injuries that caused him to tail off, along with the team just not being as good, not nearly as good. Huge transition. And I can't help but maybe feel like the national anthem issues uh, ended up being a, a, a burden you know, a, a mental burden on him as well. No other athletes that, that have gone through that. You can say he brought it on himself, nonetheless. Uh, There's a possibility that it affected his affected his play. And yet, in spite of all this, he was voted the Len Eshmont Award, which is the most courageous and inspirational teammate. Teammates voted him that in his last year. So don't tell me it was a distraction. Don't tell me he couldn't play. Uh, I will say now, I don't know that he ever planned to become what he ultimately has become. Um, hey, look, 49ers fell off. He had a few serious injuries. Took him a year plus to recover from them. Not being very good and doing something that rubs some fans the wrong way is a surefire way to get a lot of venom spit at you. And it's, 
again, it's the force of that venom that inspired me to defend him because running him down as a player and creating false narratives about why he was doing it initially bothered me. It was an easy way to dismiss what was a very legitimate subject he was raising. And I just couldn't help but feel the anger at Colin was really people just uh, redirecting the fact that they didn't want to face that our country is not as principled or as charmed a place as we like to pride ourselves in thinking. Not for everybody. And maybe it requires getting outside of our country to understand or discover that. And I've had the great fortune, the great luck and fortune of being able to do that a lot from early on in my life. So, as a country, maybe we're maybe we're a little bit like the Clippers. We're a little full of ourselves and taking some hits as a result. What I realize now, too, and I was just kind of reminded of this because I saw a clip of Max Kellerman uh, standing up for, for Colin even now, that for a white male, taking the woke position on any issue is the easier route. It's, it's easy to be self-righteous. It's easy to feel like you are in tune with you know, the changes in society. And then what's really tough is I've is to call it the way we've been calling it on FS1, which is, um, you know, Colin might have started out with a good idea, but I'll tell you what, he lost me. He lost me this weekend. I'm officially off the Kaepernick defense team. I don't think the NFL really was looking to create a way for him to get back into the league as much as they wanted to put his story and protest to bed. I don't think there are any winners here, and I don't think there are any heroes. But Cap poking the bear by moving the workout to his own location at the last minute and then half haranguing the league for keeping him out the last three years and then half calling them chicken to sign him now just made it clear that his his fight is not about equality or social justice or even football. It's a fight with the NFL for kicking him out of its club. And I'm not down with that. That's not why I was on the Kaepernick defense team. Did I think he was being blackballed? And do I think that the NFL was dishonest about it? Yes. Do I think they were disingenuous in saying that They cared about social justice, but just not on our clock or, yeah, I think they were disingenuous, but that was three years ago and Colin had moved on and was doing things in the community and spending his money to make those things happen. And I admired him for that. He had to realize, though, if he wanted to come back and play football, the NFL wasn't going to roll over and change itself for him. I'm not even sure what change he's looking for from them, other than a huge, we're sorry we didn't let you play for the last three years. And again, it's not about equality or social justice. It's a fight with the NFL for kicking him out of its club, which is what the NFL or any business 
has the right to do. If you want to enjoy the life of the shield, you got to accept its terms. And I maintain those terms were, don't protest on our time or our dime. They made that abundantly clear for three long years. So if Colin truly wanted to play in the NFL, he needed to show them he would keep his protest and equal rights advocacy to his own time. And I guess in one way he did on Saturday. But here was the giveaway of why it's now now not about social justice, but just about him. He pointed at Roger Goodell and the 32 owners as the villains. Now, they may not be as socially conscious as they could be, but this didn't start out as a protest against the league, but against society's ills. And that's not what Colin was fighting for on Saturday. He was fighting Roger Goodell. He was fighting the 32 owners for what they had done to him. So, there you have it. And that does it for this episode of Buker Friendless. I don't know, I may be even more friendless after that cap take. But, again, uh, tell you where I'm, where I'm at. Still, I believe... I believe in where, you know, Cap started, what he was, what he's, what he appeared to be fighting for at the beginning. And I think genuinely he was. Um, he just, it took a life of its own and now he's fighting some other battle and neither does he need me, uh, nor do I choose to be part of that battle because that's his deal. All right. That does it. Uh, don't forget, and some of you have been doing it of late, and we appreciate it, even the ones that are the, the critics. Uh, please rate the show. Let us know how we're doing, what you think we could do better. And if you want us to do something for you, then screenshot that review and send it to at Buker Friends, and you'll be eligible to win either a copy, uh, autographed copy of my book with uh, Yao Ming or a autographed copy of Derek Rose's uh, new book and you will have your choice uh, upon winning the drawing. Um, All right, that does it. Next podcast, Ryan Hollins will be joining me. We'll take a look at uh, probably some uh, contenders or pretenders. We're we're at the point now where we have some teams that have jumped up, and we need to get a uh, a little back and forth on are the Miami Heat legit, Boston Celtics, Sacramento Kings making a comeback, uh, but looking in the in in the West, uh, take a look at uh, the teams at the top and some of the surprising teams at the bottom. I will say in the Eastern Conference, there's some teams like the Bulls that I expected to be doing better, and I, I look at the standings and they're like two games out of a playoff spot. <laughs> even even what is now four and ten, the beauty of the Eastern Conference. All right, we'll get into all of that in the next podcast with Ryan Holland. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 